0: Today we talk about the very real guilt many parents feel when they first receive their child's autism diagnosis. Welcome to Embracing Autism, a podcast for parents of autistic children seeking advice and support while spreading awareness and acceptance of autism spectrum disorder. I'm Leah. And I'm Matt. And each week we will discuss our journey with autism and talk about how to embrace your child's individuality while providing guidance, tips, resources, and sharing our personal stories. This is
1: Embracing embracing Autism. Autism.
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. Yep, let's get started. (laughs) Today we're talking about that parent guilt that everybody feels. I feel like everyone goes through this at least for a little bit of the autism journey.
1: I would say that it kind of comes in waves a little bit. It's not like only at one time. I feel like you kind of get over it and then sometimes it comes back, at least for me.
0: (laughs) I think the biggest part of that is initially right at the very beginning when you don't really know a whole lot about autism yet and you start hearing a lot of rumors or other people telling you things. So one of these, for example, is is it the fact that my child was vaccinated that comes up in some of these social groups, especially on the internet where people are like, oh, well, my kid isn't autistic because I didn't vaccinate them. And then they'll ask you, well, did you vaccinate your child as kind of like a way to like pinpoint why your child is autistic rather than looking at like other factors like genetics.
1: But I feel once you go down that rabbit hole, there is no good feeling because it could be anything that they throw at you of, oh, this is the reason why your child is autistic. Yeah, it could be vaccinations. It could be, oh, did you do X, Y, and Z? Did you have caffeine in your pregnancy? I mean, there's so many things yeah. that they could just toss at you. Yeah. And I mean, who's to say otherwise? if you Once you start down that rabbit hole, I feel like you're kind of looking for bad answers.
0: I'm not sure if you have gotten any of these ads on Facebook, but I know for me and a lot of other people who are noticing them because we comment all the time in these autism groups. Have you been seeing these ads on Facebook about Tylenol causing autism or have you not seen that yet? No, I don't think so. (laughs) Okay, so maybe it's just because I research a lot of autism stuff. But I know that me and a bunch of other moms in these groups, we're getting really annoyed because there's a huge campaign ad on Facebook and social media right now basically saying like, is your child diagnosed autistic and you were taking Tylenol while you were pregnant? Call us for a lawsuit that's happening. So now they're going around without any actual medical scientific evidence and scaring all these moms into thinking that you're the reason your child has autism because you took Tylenol while you were pregnant.
1: And I think Tylenol is one of the medications that you actually are able to take while you are pregnant because it has such a like mild dosage or whatever. Yeah,
0: it's like not as strong as other medications. Right.
1: So I would like to ask like, okay, so what about all the other people who took Tylenol while they were pregnant and their children were not autistic? Like, I feel like there must be something else if there is any like validity with this case.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing for me is I need to see more research and more scientific evidence before I start thinking or looking into that because I do agree there's such a huge portion of population who does take Tylenol who don't end up with autistic children that I don't feel like there's a significant impact enough to cause that. So I'm frustrated with the ads because they basically don't offer any evidence. They just show correlations. And because of that, they're going around putting all these ads all over social media. I mean, seriously, every single time I log into Facebook now, particularly if I'm in an autism group, It gets swamped with all these ads. It's all like, have you been impacted by Tylenol use so that your kid is now autistic? And the thing is, there can be many reasons your child is autistic. Yeah, maybe you took Tylenol, but perhaps your child was also deprived of oxygen and had an emergency delivery during their birth. And perhaps that oxygen deprivation may have been more of a reason than the Tylenol use. But you use Tylenol. So how are they going to know which one caused it?
1: Sure. Or even like if you have uh, autism that runs in your family. So it's more of a genetic trait.
0: Yeah. What if it's all three? What if you have (laughs) genetic autism, you took Tylenol, and there was a traumatic birth?
1: Right. So how do you you isolate which was the one? Exactly.
0: That's why I feel like this stuff is kind of like pseudo scientific. It's not really because there's no controls because when you're doing studies with like women in pregnancies, you're not going to force them to do things that, you know, could potentially cause their kids to have autism. Right. So that's one of the problems with that. But the point that I'm trying to get to is this type of messaging often impacts parents. I think it impacts mothers more so than fathers simply because, from my experience, and Matt, you can tell me otherwise, the mothers are more active on social media, so I feel like they're more likely to see these ads and see these types of advertisements.
1: That's true. I would argue that your searches on <laughs> on, on Facebook or wherever you're searching have much more autism trends than me, where I'm like, who was that actor in that one movie that we saw last week?
0: Yeah, because, I mean, you <laughs> said you didn't even get that ad.
1: No, I, I haven't seen it. That's why it's it's very interesting. But, I mean, I, I guess I'm not, like, just doing, like, all sorts of additional research outside of just...
0: But I'm not even really doing that much research outside of it, either. I think it's maybe targeting parents who are in these, like, autism support groups on but, social media. But I,
1: but I am. I'm in, like, at least two or three dads' groups. I mean, I don't granted, know they're not as, like...
0: We know that the gods, the gods <laughs> at Facebook have a way of like figuring out everything that you do. So I know that they're just targeting people based off of that autism relationship that we have. That's one of those things that I think just adds fuel to the fire of feeling guilty for me and other moms who have had certain conditions during our pregnancies that has kind of been on our minds, too. Both of my pregnancies, I actually went through some pretty bad hyperemesis and I actually ended up losing weight during both of my pregnancies. I think I lost like 15 or 20 pounds in the first one. I didn't lose as much weight in the second one, but the second one was the one that I ended up having to go to the hospital in the ER and get fluids. So not great experiences both ways, but there has been found like a correlation between hyperemesis and the fact that the child is autistic. So sometimes what will happen is people will read these studies and go around basically either blaming themselves or blaming the mother, basically saying, because you had hyperemesis, your child is autistic. That's kind of like a toxic way of looking at things because one, you can't control what your body does. Like you can't control if you have an allergic reaction, you can't control if you have certain sensitivities. So hyperemesis is one of those things that's absolutely not ever your fault.
1: So as far as like your fluid levels, as far as like What can you really do there?
0: Oh, yeah. I also had low amniotic fluid levels. Right. And I was drinking like crazy because they told me to drink a ton of water to help with my amniotic fluid levels because I had low levels. I don't like to drink water. And I went out of my way to drink so much water during that pregnancy. Some of these things are outside of our control. And to some parents, when you end up going through like a traumatic birth or perhaps you did vaccinate your child or perhaps you expose them to really loud music or whatever it is that the culture telling you would have caused the autism, quote unquote. We sometimes fall into that trap of self-doubting and thinking, wait a minute, was it me that did it? Is it the fact that I had hyperemesis? Is it the fact that I did take Tylenol? Is it my fault? And I think that that can get really toxic because you start to spiral into thinking that you are the reason your child is suffering.
1: Well, you'd make yourself paranoid as well. I mean, just kind of playing the game of like, okay, what could I have done in the pregnancy? What could I have done in everything from what could I have eaten differently through self care care. Did I work out too much? Did I not work out enough? I mean, you'd drive yourself crazy trying to figure out, okay, what was the exact moment that I basically did this? You'll never, I mean, at least with current research, you're not gonna find any answers. It's just gonna kind of be a dark hole that you're gonna kind of stumble down of like, oh, I think it could have been that.
0: So I think it's important for us to kind of keep ourselves in check as parents, particularly as mothers, because we're the ones who carry the child. So we tend to be the ones who feel a little more guilty at that point. One of the reasons I bring this up is because I believe it was a year ago, I was doing my Autism Month uh, advocacy stuff on Autism Wish Facebook. And what I do is every time that we have that Autism Acceptance Month on Autism Wish Facebook account and on the Instagram account, I will post some relevant facts about autism to spread awareness. I usually focus on things that are more challenging or like the more negative things because I don't want to glorify autism. And I want people to be aware of the challenges because this is what needs funding, It's this is what needs support, so I need people to know where the areas that that support and funding is needed. So that's why I focus on the more negative aspects during that month, is to try to show people this is a need that needs to be met. And one of the things that I posted about was that research that found that correlation between hyperemesis which, if you don't know what that is, that basically means that you have morning sickness to an extreme level throughout most or the entirety of your pregnancy. It's horrible. Um, <laughs> well,
1: I think yours was what, for like
0: five Almost months? the, I, <laughs> oh, it was more than that. It was, was probably that? like seven seven months or so. But yeah, basically what had happened is I I put this educational post about the correlation and the studies being done. And I explicitly said in that post that these studies are still preliminary and it doesn't mean that correlation is causation. It just means there's a relationship here, but we don't understand, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg. We don't know what's causing what. And so I basically told my audience to take it with a grain of salt, but just know there's some sort of relationship here. And what ended up happening that I was actually really surprised was somehow that post kind of went viral and it made it to some hyperemesis groups on social media. I wasn't even aware that these groups existed, but apparently the post went viral. Everyone started sharing it like crazy in these hyperemesis groups, which I was not privy to. I did not see any of these groups or any of the information that they were posting, but they started apparently taking this to the level of misinformation where they started then spreading these rumors that, see, this post proves that you are causing your child autism by having hyperemesis. And they're sharing this in hyperemesis groups. So everybody who's there, like thousands of people there are all suffering from hyperemesis. And they're being told that because you have hyperemesis, you're going to cause your child to be autistic. So of course, as a result of that, a ton of the people from those groups started coming over to the autism wish page, and they started complaining about spreading misinformation that we're terrorizing people and all this stuff. And I had no idea this was going on. And I I, I talked to them, you know, as politely as possible. And I was like, hey, the reason I posted this is because I am a hyperamnesis mom. I went through it and I ended up having two autistic children. And I just thought it was an interesting correlation. I did not think that this was something that was causation. This wasn't It wasn't like a scare tactic or anything
1: to like worry that community. I mean, obviously, that, that wasn't the goal.
0: But they didn't follow Autism Wish, so they didn't know that during this month, I do different facts every single day. So they only saw that one fact and didn't take into the full context. This, to me, though, opened the door to like the realization that apparently there are a bunch of people out there in these groups that are kind of using more of a fear tactic of autism. And it seems like because we're kind of in our little bubble of autism acceptance, we don't always realize that outside in like the real world in these other groups and communities, people are still very much so scared of autism.
1: Yeah, kind of the boogeyman because, I mean, I think we've actually called it like the boogeyman in like the early episodes because it was like a like something you didn't know. You had to kind of like tackle understanding what autism is before you can actually get through to accepting and embracing. So until you know what you're facing, it's just kind of a dark shadow.
0: Right. And then it feels like as a parent to two autistic children, we already feel like a sense of guilt at the beginning when we're processing everything that happened. What was shocking to me was that there was almost a sense of guilt before anything happened in this group. This group was not a group of parents who had hyperemesis and their child was autistic. These were people who were anticipating and fearing that their child would be autistic because they have hyperemesis.
1: Right. And the other thing that kind of adds to that is like, well, if you do have hypermesis, what can you really do to not have it? Yeah,
0: you can't really do it. So it's basically
1: like someone coming in in these groups where they're sharing it like, oh, your child is going to be autistic. Like what what good can possibly come of that? Because like you're basically telling someone because of this, this is going to happen and there's nothing that you can do to resolve the first question there. So I don't know what the point of that was for that person to start sharing that to try and like scare other people in the group.
0: It's literally like fear mongering, but it wasn't even that person. Apparently, it went viral, and a lot of people in that group were sharing it and resharing it, and not just one hyperemesis group, but multiple hyperemesis groups. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm sharing that is because to me, That revealed a certain mindset that at the time I was not fully aware of because I think sometimes I get in a cocoon or bubble of autism acceptance because we are so accepting of autism in our family and we are all about autism advocacy that sometimes I forget that other people can think such a like radical perspective of autism. So for me, that was a checkpoint where I realized, wow, there must be a lot of parents out there who do fear causing their child's autism or might feel like a sense of guilt once their child is diagnosed autistic, simply because our culture seems to push in that direction that if your child's autistic, it's because you did something wrong as a parent.
1: And I'm not really sure where that actually stems from as far as immediately jumping to kind of fear-mongering or like fear of the the unknown has always been something that people worry about. But it really was eye-opening kind of to show that there is this larger community sitting outside the autism world that is very, I mean, more or less terrified of the a word
0: (laughs) yeah so what do i do if i'm feeling guilty that my child was diagnosed one of those steps is to do some reflection and try to figure out why do you feel guilty what is the root cause to your feeling guilty is it because of things that people are telling you is it because of something you saw on social media is it because a family member is maybe pressuring you in a certain area about something you may or may not have done correctly Where's the root cause of that guilt? And try to identify it because we need to do some self reflection and try to realize like, is the root cause valid? Not your emotion, not is your emotion valid, because your emotions are always valid. But is that root cause valid? Is that thing that's making you feel guilty, something that you should actually listen to and value as something of concern? Is it social media? And if so, Should you really be valuing what you see on social media so heavily that it impacts your ability to feel guilty or not guilty as a parent?
1: But I also think that we hold ourselves as parents take on more guilt than we actually should. I was recently talking to the nicest lady who works at our children's therapist center and she was telling me how she was feeling kind of guilty for I think her son he I can't remember what he was diagnosed with but I think he's like 12 now and she said that she would still kind of feel guilty and her son kind of turned around and was like mom I'm fine like okay I'll take my meds he never even like felt like she did anything wrong or she should have any guilt towards him like he's just living his life he's a 12 year old he's having a great time in school and doing whatever but he didn't actually hold any guilt towards like his mom for anything. And she was saying that that was kind of like nice to hear like, oh, I guess he's actually stronger than like I give him credit for. Like you're always the first to kind of blame yourself like, oh, I need to like watch out and take care of them and they're fragile. But then again, they might turn around and surprise you where they're not as helpless as we ultimately think in our mind.
0: As parents, we tend to overcompensate on the guilt area because we even blame ourselves for things that our kids may not even have perceived. So we might feel like, oh, we didn't do this thing for you. And I think that's why you're feeling this way. And a lot of that tends to stem from our experiences in our childhood growing up or our experiences with our own parents. So a lot of times we tend to try to Be the parents that we wish we had, essentially, or fill in those gaps that we felt weren't filled in when we were children. And if you are in this like neurodiverse lineage, which many people who have autistic children are, then it's very possible that there was other neurodiversity in your family, and maybe your parents were neurodiverse or something like that, and it wasn't really addressed the way you're addressing the autism with your child. So I think that sometimes that insecurity plays a little bit of a role too, because we are kind of always like self-doubting whether or not we're doing the right thing as a parent. And if you just are also doing that in the special needs community, like throw autism in that, it becomes even more difficult, more challenging, because when it comes to autism, there isn't as clear of a manual or playbook as there is with like neurotypical parenting. Things get more complicated. Everybody's different. And every case is different. And so, there's not really a great way to compare and contrast, is what I'm doing correct or am I doing something wrong?
1: You raise a good point that I didn't even think about as far as we project our thoughts onto our children. So, like, I mean, both of our girls are obviously young, but if for some reason they had a group of friends that was going to like a movie or something in a movie theater and they didn't think to invite our girls like we might feel sad like oh my gosh like they're they're being left out by their peers like that's really unfortunate but at the same time like our girls couldn't possibly care less because sitting in a movie theater like that's really not their thing like i mean they're more kind of like oh let's go to the pool playground to something where you can get energy out versus like sitting in a dark room and watching a movie and even if they were told like you can't go with your friends whatever they wouldn't really care. But we as adults kind of have like the complex emotions kind of filtered in like, oh, you're kind of being isolated by your peers that they don't necessarily have or developed at this point.
0: Yeah, like sometimes we'll unintentionally be projecting our own experiences and thoughts on our children without really even realizing it. I have this sneaking suspicion that this is more likely to happen if your child is nonverbal or less verbal than a neurotypical child or even the more higher functioning child because you are anticipating their needs, like that's your job as a parent is to anticipate those needs. But sometimes there can be a little bit of that parental bias, because we might anticipate their needs as what we personally would have wanted or needed at that time. So sometimes There's a little bit of bias there, and I think that that bias plays into this sense of feeling guilty because we feel like we're not meeting a certain expectation or we feel like we're letting our children down or we're feeling like we're letting our family down or whatever it may be, ultimately, all at the end of the day, for the sake of our child. But at the end of the day, we don't really know what our child is thinking. We don't really know what their thoughts are on that. We don't know if our child is like, mom, you shouldn't have got me vaccinated or like, mom, you shouldn't have taken that Tylenol. Like we project this onto them without actually knowing the truth.
1: Yeah, you almost have to get out of your own mind and kind of just like observe what your child needs are essentially. And it can be difficult. I mean, I think for our youngest, more than half the time, she isn't verbalizing what she actually needs. So it is a bit of a guessing game. But sometimes it might be much simpler of a need than we are actually projecting. It might be she wants a hug or something like that.
0: Right, exactly. It's important that we as parents do some like deeper self-reflection and try to understand like why are we feeling guilty? Where's this coming from? And how much of an impact is it having on our lives and on our emotional health and on our child's well-being is the fact that we're feeling guilty changing what we do? Is it having an impact on what our decisions are? Is it having an impact on what we do in our everyday life? Are we changing who we are? because of this guilt. And if that's the case, I would definitely take a deep dive into those thoughts and those emotions. Sometimes we drive our actions by that guilt. And then later in life, we come back and regret it because we weren't our true authentic selves. We didn't go with like our mama or data gut. We didn't do the things that we actually knew were what we wanted or thought would be good for our children because we were hindered by this feeling of guilt if you are in a space where you are having moments that you feel guilty about your child's autism diagnosis and you feel like perhaps you are to blame, just know that A, you're not to blame. There's so many things, so many factors that go into autism. Science doesn't even know yet because it's so complex. So you're definitely not to blame, but also take a moment, maybe seek out counseling or something. I know that that's been very helpful for me in the past, being able to hash these thoughts out with somebody that you trust in order to be able to get to the root cause of why you're feeling that guilt.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. If you're searching online for these answers and kind of going down that dark hole, I would definitely kind of pull back. I mean, even just kind of sit and quiet and just kind of reflect, like, okay, why am I feeling this? And then just try and seek answers based on your own feelings and such. And then actually analyze what's actually there. Like, are you holding yourself accountable? For something that took place in the pregnancy that may or may not, but likely is not the cause. Is that what is causing all this or is something else there? But I would definitely, like you said, talk to someone and kind of seek answers and a better understanding from there. So you can feel better about yourself that you didn't do anything wrong.
0: So again, wishing you the best of luck. Make sure you're taking care of yourself, your mental health, so that you can be the best parent that you can be. And if that means looking into why you're feeling the sense of guilt, go for it. Find a counselor, find someone you trust, talk to them, and then go from there.
1: Yep. Sounds great. All right.
0: Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Bye. Bye. To review, we discussed how oftentimes as parents we may experience guilt over our child's autism diagnosis. However, we should take the time to try to get to the root of our sense of guilt and gain a better understanding of why it is we feel that way, and perhaps seek a counselor for guidance. Remember, social media often amplifies the extreme to make you click, so please take a moment to remind yourself, you're a good parent and it's not your fault. Tune in next time as we wrap up Season 5 with a very special episode where we reveal a new development in our family's autism journey and answer your questions. This is Embracing Autism.